I'm Zack Snyder. And I'm Aiden Matthews. And welcome back to another YouTube podcast, the one-stop shop for anything and everything related to YouTube. Today we're going to be talking about the best Fortnite tips so you can get the Victory Royale. Isn't that right, Zach? That's right. So you can post it on Snapchat and share it with all three of your friends. Yes, yes. That's what we're Snapchat here for. Snapchat store a score up, baby. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing. After you get that Fortnite W and you post it to your epic Fortnite YouTube channel, Hell yeah. you might want to start uh, looking for a little bit of collaboration, which is what we're actually going to be talking about today. <laughs> oh, man. I was hoping to talk about Fortnite TDH, but we can also talk about YouTube collaborations because I feel like that's a very important part of the YouTube yeah. ecosystem. Only slightly more important than Fortnite itself, but it, I it's mean, up there. 2018, <laughs> Fortnite's been pretty important on YouTube, but I agree. Yeah. Collaborations yeah. are up there. Real one. <laughs> but before that, before we get yeah. into that juicy topic, we gotta go straight into everybody's favorite. Everybody's <laughs> favorite topic. Let that sink in, alright? Just, just gotta, Everybody... On planet Earth. Oh, you just got to really sink your teeth into it. Has one favorite segment. (laughs) Week on YouTube trademark. Yes. Queen. (sighs) The universe's favorite segment. (laughs) The cosmos favorite segment. I don't know about you, but every time I mention that, I just get, oh, I have to like calm down a little bit. I feel you. Yeah. I got like a little half chub out of that. So <laughs> hey, I mean, really, we're, I, we're really working our way like up. That. We're working yeah. our way up. So this week it's uh it starts with you, man. Oh, okay. Um yeah. I don't have a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have an end to this uh what am I gonna do about this niche channel stuff? I finally yes. have uh, figured it all out. I'm done now. I don't have to worry about no it. I don't have YouTube. to rebrand. He's quitting, everybody. Yes, that is my goal. It's my lifelong goal to quit YouTube has finally <laughs> arrived. We made it. Hooray. Uh, but no, I figured out all the niche channel stuff that I needed to do. Uh, got some of the finishing pieces. If you recall last week, I talked about getting some thumbnails and sort of uh, canceling series and, you know, making a shitpost playlist and all this sort of stuff. This week, we're sort of the final pieces to sort of uh, put it all together. I started first off by talking to Zach, mainly, and Jay, too, about all the collab stuff, just to make sure that it was under control and that we were going to be able to do it, (laughs) basically, especially with a college coming up for me on the 26th. So I had to talk through that. I didn't end up having to stop doing... uh, Gaming Through the Ages with Jay, unfortunately, at least for now. And the same thing for the Lions on our Nerdcast as well. So there were some sacrifices that had to be made, but everything else we were able to keep on track. We're still going to be doing Movie Night. We're still going to be doing this podcast. And the Lions on our Gaming Channel is still going to be a skedit, as always. Hell yeah. And then after that, uh, I did end up figuring out a little bit about streams, mainly. Um, and streams were something that I was originally just going to like do flat out because I love doing streams and they're fun or whatever, but I wanted to try to figure out a way around all this algorithm stuff that had been messing with me uh, as far as streams are concerned, because if you stream on YouTube, 
audience retention isn't that good and your other videos suffer as a result. So I kind of found an ingenious little workaround and I'm not sure if it'll work or not, but I'll tell you what I what I came to figure out. So the idea for me is that I will stream like once every week on YouTube, basically. I'm going to stream, do everything like I normally do, invite people, get people to show up, have a good stream, all that sort of stuff. After it's over, however, rather than making it public or private, I'm going to have it be unlisted. And the reason it's unlisted is because um, Zach had recommended me this podcast called The Creator Mindset. He's done it before on this podcast, and uh, we've talked about it a good bit. And I finally decided to go ahead and watch it, all three episodes so far. I guess four if you count the intro. Mm -hmm. But in the uh, Roberto Blake episode, the creator exchange episode, Roberto specifically mentions that you are not punished algorithmically for unlisted videos. And I'm like, hold on now. If you're not punished algorithmically for unlisted videos, could the same be true for streams? And that's when the idea hit me. Yo, I can stream like normal and do everything I do normally. And then after it's over, make the stream unlisted so that it doesn't affect the algorithm. So the people who want to watch it can watch it. I can still stream and just move on throughout my day without having to worry about whether or not the stream will affect things. And my final piece to that puzzle, too, was putting those unlisted streams in the All My Streams playlist. Because fun fact about unlisted videos, if you put them in a public playlist, people will be able to watch them. So I can just put all my unlisted streams in the All My Streams playlist like I've been doing for my normal streams, and people will still be able to watch them. So I feel like this workaround is going to help me not only continue to stream, it's going to let people view them in the All My Streams playlist, and as an added little bonus too, when I start doing niche stuff, my front page of my channel isn't going to be flooded with a bunch of streams in exactly. case I miss a video that week. And the whole... The whole fact that it's not going to mess with me algorithmically is just the, the biggest advantage of them all. If it does work, I'm not sure. I tried tweeting at Roberto just to ask, so I'm not sure. Wait your response back. Might not happen. Who knows? Uh, but that was a really cool discovery for me this week as far as streams are concerned. What do you think? Yeah, I think that uh, we kind of briefly talked about this. So when you're doing the live stream and... Well, just to throw a couple numbers out there, I think for you, you have a really good advantage of you have people that do watch your live streams live on YouTube. You grew your right. channel through live streams at the very beginning. So if you have 10 people that watch you on live on YouTube and eight people watch you live all the way through, that's an 80% retention rate, right? And after you make that unlisted, that 80% retention rate still, is, still goes towards your channel and that's a positive retention rate. So that's a mm -hmm. good that's a good retention rate that's going to go towards the rest of your videos, towards the rest of the, your channel algorithmically, uh, you know, wise. So by making it unlisted, basically what I think is going to help it is so that instead of uploading it as a public video after the stream is over, where people can stumble across the video, watch five, ten minutes of it, give you like a 2% retention rate on it, bringing that 80% down to a 50% or lower retention rate because it's a two hour or, or longer live stream. It's going to keep that 80% retention rate roughly around the same retention rate, right? Which um, is good. Which is good. And I think 
if it's true that once it becomes unlisted, that it doesn't affect your the algorithm against your channel, then that 80% should just stay there. Um, no matter who else watches it after that point, it shouldn't matter, um, at all. Yeah. But even if it does matter, then by having it in a playlist with other, other streams that people are potentially wanting to watch, basically people are looking for the streams at this point. Um, right. Those people are more likely to watch the entire thing or at least a more, more of it rather than the people that are going to randomly stumble across a video, therefore giving you a higher retention rate than you would have gotten in the first place and not I negatively so. impact your channel as much. Yeah. I think it's I think so. Wholeheartedly. And, you know, the, I did consider the other option of just deleting the streams, but then I wouldn't have them again. And if yeah. the unlisted thing doesn't work out at all, I can still make them public after the fact because you st- YouTube still has them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is a big win no matter which way. And I still get to stream on YouTube, which is what I want to do, right? Without having to flood my channel with it or hurt me algorithmically. I think I should be fine just as long as the streams that I am doing uh, do do well, right? Uh, at least during the stream part of it. Um, things like that and like. Uh, the last major move I made was deciding to uh, stop doing questions on the couch. Um, Interesting. I didn't know about this. Yes. So I finally made the decision just to stop doing them. Um, it may come back in like another form or perhaps through Discord or whatever. Uh, but it really didn't fit with the niche anyway. And okay. I hadn't done them in so long until I made that one episode, right? Mm. And they're just kind of hard to film in here anyway. I know some people are going to be frustrated about it. Patient uh, told me that, you know, kind of sucks, but she understands where I'm coming from. And that's really what matters is that I have people who understand where I'm coming from. For sure. Well, can I ask you, how is the like retention rate on those videos? Uh, they're pretty okay. Um, yeah. They're not amazing. They do better than most Let's Plays Midnight Vlogs do. So, Right. That should give you an idea as far as that's concerned. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I mean, really it just came down to the fact that I want to focus mainly on production videos and not having to worry about other series or streams or anything like that was my main priority. Um, I understand. Because I, I realized sort of thinking about all of this is of being like if I have to make one video a week and it has to be some of my best stuff I gotta give me the best chance to actually succeed at that right and if mm. I'm flooding myself with a bunch of collab projects side projects side series other things then I know that I'm gonna miss a couple of weeks and the channel's just gonna be barren right I gotta give myself right. the best chance to actually succeed at uploading once a week and potentially more and this was just the best way uh, to go about it, I think. And then I posted all this in the announcements thing on my Discord, and I'm working on a channel trailer video as far as that stuff. But, man, it feels good to finally be done with all this stuff. This this whole niche process took at least three or so weeks out of me. Um, time that I could have spent... <laughs> Time that I could have spent doing monthly Battle League videos, time that I could have spent finishing Mario Odyssey versus, time that I could have spent streaming more. Uh, it really did get to me um, for a good period of time. But it's over now. School's coming back up. I won't have to think about it during school. And once uh, September rolls around, I can just 
you know, keep popping out videos and not have to think about it anymore. And I think there were a couple of good changes that came from it, like the titles, like the playlist, like uh, bringing back in on anchor, stuff like that. Even if it's not like a popular decision or anything, I do think there will be a ton of benefits um, for me doing this in general. So I'm glad it's over. Uh, and I can't wait to actually start making stuff again, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest thing. I, I think the I think the biggest change, the the biggest thing that came out of this for both of us actually is like a bigger sense of focus. Right. Like I think I've already mentioned this, but I'll mention it again. Um, we we both just like to be involved with a lot. And it's mm-hmm. kind of clear that, that that's what we like doing. And it, it kind of got to the point where we were doing so much that we thought it was good for us, but there really wasn't a clear sense of focus, not only for ourselves and for our own creator, you know, creations, but for our audience. And so by basically niching down and making it clear for our audience, we were able to make it clearer for ourselves as well. And that is very valuable. Sure. And I don't know for you in particular, but for me, it felt very liberating to know that I don't have to do all these different things anymore. It felt liberating knowing yeah. that I didn't have to do this series and that series and this one and that one. It was just like, oh, cool, I can just focus down on the one thing and just work on that for, for a period of time. And that felt great, honestly. I think it, I, I think it definitely is um, very liberating, for sure. Um, just by just by changing the branding of something and turning two series into one series even uh, makes things easier because sure. you're not thinking of things as separated as as much. It, yeah, for sure. How hard? Completely like. agree. And then aside from that, um, the only big other change was. Uh, just happened right before the podcast, actually. Yeah. Uh, the mic I ordered for my camera finally came in today. And um, I mentioned the past couple of weeks that I've been getting piece after piece to try to make sure that I could be like DSLR uh, independent, pretty much. Meaning I didn't have to use my webcam or my mic or anything like that. I could just film everything on my DSLR, aside from like gameplay stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um and a big piece of that came in today being the microphone and I just set it up now and it looks pretty good. Honestly, uh, I'll have to try and test it out and see how it works and everything, but I'm excited. Um, I got the tripod a week earlier. I got some SD cards and everything. And aside from like a better lens, I'm pretty much set at this point as far as like DSLR filming is concerned. Once I get that better lens that works way better in low light, uh, we'll be set for videos on Blue Couch Productions. And it's just a matter of me like using it every week and learning it, which is really cool. I'm so excited about that. Hell yeah. It's pretty awesome. But that's been my week on YouTube. Uh, how was yours, Zach? Sweet. My week was long. Uh, I don't know why, but this week just felt like there was a lot going on. Um, and then I looked at like everything that happened, and there was actually a lot that did happen. Um, 
So I, I briefly want to ask you, did I talk about the, uh, the, the daily show th- idea last time? I remember. I don't think you've done it on the podcast I, yet. I yeah. I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast. Um, so I guess I'll briefly mention that. Um, I'm not going to go into super detail with it at all because I'm not quite ready for that yet. But basically going into like this niche thing, uh, I also came up with the idea that since I do eventually want to get back into doing daily uploads, I found it very difficult to do the type of content that I want to do daily. That was one of the struggles moving to Zack Snyder Productions uh, from day one, actually, was was trying to do daily content over here. And so I started doing live streams and I started doing podcasts and all that kind of stuff, right? And then I was doing personality-based content. And so when we started trying to figure out how I was going to make this channel niche, I found that being a problem. So I was like, all right, fine, whatever. I'll just go weekly for right now until I can do something else. And then like two days later, I come up with this idea um, based off of some of the other channels that I was looking at as basically role models to going niche. Um, Essentially, I want to create a show or I I am creating a show that's going to be Monday through Friday uh, it's going to be in the vein of a daily news show, except instead of news, it's going to be reviews. It's going to be reviews of nerd-related uh, media. So movies, TV shows, comic books, anime, video games, all of these different things that I enjoy that I had already planned on talking about on the channel, that I already was doing on the channel. But this way, it's going to be more focused in a in a show format that's going to basically make the channel it, it'll still be variety but it'll be niched in a, in a way that people are they they're able I I'm able to have my cake and eat it too <laughs> okay I'm playing the system like it seems like it'll fit rather well honestly from so. what from what I've heard <laughs> and from what you've talked about it before uh, this just sounds like a way that you're going to be able to keep doing what you're doing, but maybe focus it down into like a little almost Philip DeFranco type show deal. Right. I, I think in, in many ways, this is going to feed into my creative, my creativity a lot easier um, by allowing me to make more content, but also allowing me to consume more media, which is, you know, what I also like to do. Um because that can be a hard balance to, to find. Uh, it'll also give me the opportunity to stream more because I'll be needing to play games for the show. Um, it'll give me the opportunity to do more reactions on like Stardust for movies and TV shows because I'm going to be needing to do that for the show. Um, <clears throat> it'll, it'll help me like make micro content for other platforms while I'm making the show. And uh, making the show itself will be... I think will still be creatively fulfilling to a certain extent uh, while also just being, being content and it'll be cool. Um, yeah, I know. It sounds, it sounds dope. Really? I, I can't wait for you to get it off the ground and to do it, especially just from like a, like a video making standpoint of what you're going to be able to do visually <laughs> and like have a set for it and lighting and everything and all that sort yeah. of stuff. I'm excited cool. for it. Uh, conceptually, I'm still in the planning phases of it. 
the plan is, though, I, I don't want to sit on the idea too long. I've had a problem in the past of sitting on ideas too long and then they just don't happen. Uh, so <laughs> the goal is I was going to try to get it started or try to get the first episodes out in September, but that was just vastly not going to happen because I do need to like have a month at least ahead of time so I can actually have like watch and play the content for the show. So I think October is going to be the month that I put out the first episode. Um, but right now I'm just like scripting stuff coming up with everything conceptually. I got a lot of graphic work that I got to do for it. I need to learn after effects better. Cause I, there's some like after effects stuff that I really want to get done for it. Um, but I'm okay with some of the first episodes being a little bit more crude in nature just to start getting the show out there. Um, right. Just like a proof of concept people can watch and sort of get the idea of what the show is. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing is I don't want to give up the content that I'm doing now for the sake, <clears throat> for the sake of this show. So I was looking at a channel called the No, which is a daily news show for, um, for video games and they do Monday through Friday daily news uh, but then their Saturdays and Sundays is set for what they call editorial videos, which is basically like top tens and they're like podcast discussion type stuff and just like anything they like reviews and all that kind of stuff. So what I've got planned is Monday through Friday will be the main show and then Saturday and not Sunday because that's ridiculous. Uh, just Saturday will be an extra video which will be, uh, and it may not be every Saturday. It might be just be just be two Saturdays a month. But the plan is one of those Saturdays will be Nintendo the History, and then the other Saturday will be a top ten, um, a bef- what to know before you play, some kind of other Zack Snyder production video that I've done in the past. Um, but I have decided to stop doing recaps. Uh, that was. That was a pretty big decision, but I was just looking at the, the the trajectory of the channel and I was looking at how they've done in the past and how much work it was going to take to make that particular show work for me. And I was going to have mm-hmm. to like shorten it and come up with a new format for it. And I'd gotten that show down to a science to where they're really not that hard to make. They just kind of consume a lot of time. Right. And I'm going to be watching movies for the new show anyways. So it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to also make the recap for it and also talk about them in the podcast for movie night. So I decided that I'm going to stop doing, uh, doing recap. But yeah. Hmm. And then into the history is still a thing on, Whatever Twitter history is still a thing, yeah. That's still okay. I, I I still think that that is going to be that's going to be like my hero content basically. Um, so there's like this uh, Roberto Blake talks about this a lot. Having like three types of content on your channel: hero, hub, and help content. So your hub content is like content you can produce quite frequently. Um, this would be like your daily upload type stuff. Um, so my hub content is going to be my daily show, Monday through Friday. Hero content is like your your pieces of content that takes a lot of time, a lot of production quality, that kind of stuff. 
This is my Nintendo history. And then help content is like tutorials and stuff. So the what to know before you play. I do want to do more of those in the in the future because I think those are pretty good. Um, and I want to do more nerd-related uh, tutorial-based content because I think those things are pretty cool. They're pretty fun to watch. I think it was surreal, like, hearing uh, the whole hero content thing because I had been watching a bit of Roberto as well, and he brings that up, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of surreal hearing that for me because, like, in a way, I had already kind of been doing that when Blue Couch Productions was a variety channel in the fact that, like, yes, you would get a lot of questions on the couch, let's plays and midnight blogs and all that sort of other stuff. But every month or so I would make it a habit to try and have one highly produced video to come out, whether mm-hmm. it was like the top 10 smash brothers characters or the YouTube rewind video or an anniversary video, like making sure that in a month full of my usual content, there would be one highly produced video that I was very proud of that I could point people to. And when he said, oh, yeah, you kind of want to have hero content that you're working on for a large scale. Why you do your hub stuff? I'm like, oh, I had been doing that already kind of subconsciously. Yeah. It was it was kind of cool to like be validated on that to be like, oh, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I, I don't have to just keep making the same shows and not work on any bigger projects or stuff like that. So that was dope uh, to, to hear from somebody like Roberto in general to be like, oh, cool. That's nice. Exactly. And then like on the other hand, on the other side of things, you don't always have to just create hero content either, which is what some channels do. And it it works for them. But in like today's current algorithm state, like especially if you're a smaller channel, it's very hard to grow that way. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's it's good to have that variety of, you know, variety, not in the sense of the variety channel here, but variety in the sense of having the hub, the hero and the help content. Sure. But yeah. Um, so that's that. That's the plan right now. Um, daily show should be like October 1st. I think that's even a Monday, which is perfect. It is. It's a Monday. Um, I'm excited for it. I think it's gonna, I think it'll go well. Uh, I just gotta, double down and get it get it ready for that for that release date <laughs> <laughs> makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah. Um, so both me and you are gearing up for bigger series and shows and stuff like that yeah so this upcoming month um i do have a couple of other videos planned i'm gonna go i'm just gonna try to get like two other videos out um i got a pokemon video which should be It'll be interesting. <laughs> um, that one'll be a sketch. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be it'll be quite interesting. I have a video about Big Bang Theory plan, and then a video about Dark Souls plan. That and those are all pretty much scripts. Scripts are pretty much almost finished for all three of those. So I'm gonna go ahead and put those out, and I might put out Nas Zach while I'm while I'm there. Um, and I don't know. I, I haven't quite got a plan with Asag. I think I'm still going to do those every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not like leaning on those as far as a specific here's when they're going to come out or anything like that. Makes sense. Oh, the show I can see name. Where- oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So the, show, the show name, name, I was like struggling with this with this title. 
So in college for like a semester, because I was insanely busy and couldn't do it anymore, I did a radio show and then I did Anchor and I tried to do the same radio show on there and that didn't work out. So I'm just going to take the same show name and just use it for this because I think it works really well and it's called Your (laughs) Everyday Nerd. Oh, wow. That fits way too well, I think it works really well. (laughs) That fits way so, too well. Holy I'm cow. I'm hype. <laughs> Holy cow. Has good ideas. <laughs> Let's get it. That that's that's worked surprisingly well. I remember listening to your everyday nerd. Yeah. I think I, it was, I, I think it was a cool I I like doing those radio shows, but it takes a lot of a lot of time to get set up. Sure, sure. Makes sense. But yeah, you were gonna say something? Oh yeah. Um it's interesting to me that we both started from a place of variety channels and now we're both moving toward niche channels, but I think we're kind of moving in two separate directions almost in the sense that your niche channel is going to have like an, a show to go with kind of like your John Prosser's uh, the no, you know, stuff like that. Right. And I'm more leading toward like, niche one video a week akin to every major gaming youtuber like let's say Catacorus, the completionist scott the Wads, brutal moose peanut butter game like you know i could go right, on and on <laughs> right and they're both technically niche channels but it's so funny to see that like when we were when we were both variety channels we were doing the same stuff almost and now that we're niche channels we're kind of splitting a bit further which is interesting, interesting. You, you would think that focus would bring us closer right but it's it's not it's going opposite directions which is cool yeah no i think it, i think it is cool because it, it's gonna give both of us like different insight uh that i think it's gonna be able to help both of us as well right um, because you know oftentimes you end up with a lot of oftentimes your youtube friends are doing the exact same thing as you right you have mm-hmm. a lot of let's player friends and it's like extremely homogenized and you're playing the exact same type of games and you collab together all the time and it's cool and all, but there's not a whole lot of feedback you can give each other because like, you know what you're doing and that's cool. And whatever feedback you've already given each other is what you've given each other. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think what's going to be interesting about this is that, we're about to take two completely different paths. Um, yeah. And that's going to be really cool to see. And we're just kind of finding our voice. We're kind of finding our voice here, honestly. Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. The fact that now everything is out of the way, it put us, both me and you, in a safe position to be like, okay, now what do I really want to do? <laughs> right? When we mm-hmm. took away all the variety channel rules and, you know, took away all the, you know, uh, harsh sort of preconceptions of variety channels. I mean, threw it all away. We were both left in a state to be like, okay, what now? And we Mm -hmm. both kind of went two different directions because of that, which is really cool. I'm glad we're being able to like experiment and find your voice through this. Uh, That that just to me feels like creatively fulfilling in general too. the fact that like, I agree. Oh, I can make new stuff. (laughs) 100%. Well, it's because like we, like we could have just ignored all this and been like, no, we're just going to keep doing the thing we're doing. Um, and I think 
the way that we both work, uh, as hard as we both work, I think we both still could could be successful doing that. Um, I mm-hmm. still believe in. I still believe in our quantity over quality, our quantity and quality talk that we had uh, ten episodes back. We were where we were like, you know, do one or do the other, have a balance of both, and you're going to be be successful. I still think, you know, that's that's good. Um, but I think by having this talk and by niching down and by it, the focus is what 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 I found to be the most important again. Because I think just in my last two videos, I've been able to focus more on making my content better. I've I've focused so much in the past on all right, how much how many videos do I need to post put out, right? What kind of videos do I need to put out? How do I need to do this? What do I want to make? All this kind of stuff. But I kind of got away from the quality of those videos. And it's not that I ever felt like I was making bad content. I, I don't believe that. But I almost felt like I was complacent with the quality I was putting out. And I don't know if you relate that to that or not. Um, but I, I think by, by focusing more, more in on what exactly I wanted to do, taking all the bullshit out, putting the podcast on different channels, putting the live streams on, you know, on Twitch making it so that I have to, you know, making it so that I have to basically rely on a certain type of content on one channel. It definitely makes, you know, gives you the ability to focus more on, on your content, which is what we, you know, what we, what we wanted to do in the first place here on YouTube. Sure. And I, I think I, your last two videos in particular, I think are some of the best on CSP. Um, both visually, script-wise, you know, the topics at hand, stuff like that. Or, like, I never could have seen a video like that come out of a recap or an ASAC or, you know, right. Nintendo the History, kind of. Yeah, I saw, yeah. you know, a good bit of potential there and ideas there. But, like, your two Walking Dead videos already have been like, wow, where's this stuff been <laughs> the whole time? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I appreciate that. And then... And for me in particular, I totally agree with you. It always felt like a mad dash trying to figure out like, okay, questions on the couch has got to come out today. And then tomorrow's got to be a midnight vlog. And the day after that, I got to get a let's play part and I got to record this and that. Oh, let me check the collab stuff here and let me whatever. And what happens when you do that approach is the stuff that comes out isn't as good as you would like it to be. Or you spend too much time and it doesn't come out and then you got to wait another week. And then, like, everybody gets screwed. The creator yeah. does. The viewer does. Nobody gets what they're expecting. You don't feel creatively satisfied. You just feel like you're rushing every day. And uh, what that ends up doing, and as we saw with both yours and my channel, you know, there's just large gaps and breaks in between videos. Because, like, we've been in that mad dash so long that it felt so nice to just, like, stop and breathe for a second. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Sweet. Um, so I'll go. I'll briefly go through the other stuff that happened this week because that that was a lot. But um, I got a mic stand, hype Yo. as hell, a mic arm, whatever you want to call it. It's like right on my desk. I am really excited to have this. Um, it was a little complicated to like get set up because I didn't have any instructions, and also <laughs> nice. I was I had to like move my 
my like webcam and my monitors and like try to figure out how I was going to actually do this. But it's dope. I like it. Um, I got a 300 subscribers this week. That was crazy. Mm. <laughs> Hit a fucking milestone. Um, so we mentioned that I did the fucking giveaway for the Walking Dead thing. Um, and it worked. <laughs> it definitely worked uh, as far as as far as numbers go. But I also think it did pretty well with the two videos that I put out. Um, I got really good watch time on both both of the Walking Dead videos that I put out. Um, re- pretty good retention rates on both of those videos as well, uh, which is nice. That means people actually like watch them. Um, and I got like, like I haven't had, I think I had like two or three people maybe like subscribe and then end up unsubscribing after the giveaway. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's been pretty solid. I'm at like 385 at the moment. So nice. So you're, typically you're at 400. Yeah. Typically at most I lose like one a week, maybe. Okay. You know? And I blame part of that on the fact that I haven't been posting anything during that time. Uh, So that's probably the reason why. (laughs) Yeah. But I can blame it on the giveaways. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. That'll do it. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But I, um, so I I, I wanted to briefly mention the strategy that I I had again with the giveaway because I think it does work. Um, I knew that this new Walking Dead season was coming out and I wanted to give a giveaway. I wanted to do a giveaway. Uh, so I did a giveaway for that game. I put out a tutorial about getting into that series um, and then like shared the shit out of that, started the giveaway, put the like giveaway in the video, and then a week later I did another video about that game uh, but made it like more in-depth, scripted it, um, personally one of my favorite videos that I've done. I really liked working on that one because I've been actually planning it for a long time. Uh, (laughs) I just never got around to it. Uh, I just finally like sat down and actually did the script for it and everything. Um, It's like, do your choices actually matter and tell tells the walking dead. And uh, also like, you know, try to make sure that these were quality videos, had a little comedy in there at the beginning and the end and trying to, you know, make sure that <laughs> people will stick around and it's not just serious shit and all that kind of stuff. Um, trying to focus on that as far as formatting the videos go. Um, and then, so the day that the giveaway was ending, I saw a thing on Twitter and I was, I was about to go to bed. I'd been up all night and I was about to go to bed and I saw this thing on Twitter that said, if you pre-order the season four on PS4, you get the entire Walking Dead collection for free. Whoa. And I was like, what? Okay. Um, Whoa. So I had season one and two on uh, on PC, but I did not have season three or any of the extra like season stuff on PC at all. So it's like, all right, this is a still. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and like get this shit. (laughs) (laughs) So I did that and I was like, all right, since I bought this, I'm just going to go ahead and stream this game on the day that the giveaway ends because I've also got like, 
I also ended up with like 70 new followers on Twitch from this giveaway. Whoa. Yeah. I'm at 160 followers. And I was at like 90 beforehand. So I was like, I'm going to stream the beginning of this game because I haven't streamed in like a month. And that would probably help with keeping some of those followers around. And that would probably give a, give a little bit more attention to the giveaway right at the end. Um, I got like th- 30 more followers that day uh, throughout that. Like, I, I think it was it was throughout the streams and stuff. Um, and then I streamed the rest of the like season one throughout the week. This has been the most active stream week I've had in like a very long time. A while. Yeah. <laughs> Which has been nice. It's been really refreshing. Trying to get uh, that affiliate boy. Hell yeah. I didn't get any videos done this week, but I did stream a lot, which is cool. Um, affiliate status, I still have to get an average of three viewers. We're at an average of 1.5. So if you want to watch me on twitch.tv slash Productions, that'd be hype as fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I did get a lot of new followers from here, but not a lot of them watched. So that is an issue from this giveaway. Um, but I did end up getting, I think I did end up getting a lot of those viewers to watch the YouTube video. So take it or leave it. Um, I think it's definitely an interesting experiment. I might do, I'm considering doing the same thing when Smash Ultimate comes out. Oh, that'll be so fun. I'll stream with you there if you want. (laughs) I definitely want to, oh, I'm definitely streaming it, number one. Um, I definitely want to get like a few people from the Discord together and like stream it with you. I'm guys. getting that shit day one. I'm pre-ordering Hell that fucker. <laughs> yes, but I'm I'm considering doing uh, a giveaway of Smash Ultimate, doing like a what to know before you play Smash Bros. Ultimate. Have that video come out like two weeks before the game comes out. Do a giveaway and then do like another video about like Smash Bros. Ultimate and have some kind of. I don't know, some kind of like video about Smash Bros. Not quite sure what yet, but I think that could do well um, in terms of giveaway stuff. But we'll see. Let's you. Yeah. Plus, I think like the people in the community, the people in the Discord for sure would, would like that giveaway. I know that for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's that. Uh, I streamed a lot this week. Uh, this is my last week of actual working outside of my house. So that's hype. Uh, I've got like three more days working at my college and then I'm done. So that's cool. Um, so I'll be freelancing after that. Freelance boy. Then, oh, and then I got an interesting email from, from Facebook that I I think, uh, that I want to mention because this email, (laughs) I think it's email makes me angry quite intriguing. (laughs) It makes you angry. That's funny. So I get an email from Facebook this morning. It says unlock new features to help build your community. Enroll now. Hi, Zachary. We're excited to let you know that Facebook gaming creator level up program is now available in your region. The program is designed to give emerging creators information and tools to help jumpstart your live streaming community on Facebook and potentially earn more, earn money. It's basically like, a Twitch partnership on Facebook. Um, you get customized support on Facebook. You get high quality premium transcoding. You get 
Facebook stars, which is bits. You get limited yeah. access to beta products and you get a uh, community group with other level up members. True. So there's that. Um, and then they show you how to get the, the level up program. You, you just, it's pretty actually simple. You have to create a gaming video creator page, stream for at least four hours in the last 14 days, stream on at least two different days in the last 14 days, and then have at least 100 page followers. So to me, when I hear that, yeah, of being like, yo, here's some requirements, which I will say. I think all streaming platforms should have like a little checklist path to uh, whatever streaming platform's version of an affiliate is. So like mm-hmm. Twitch has a pathway to affiliate. Twitch has a pathway to partner. It's cool to see that Facebook is adopting that and sort of having a pathway um, to its deal as well. Uh, I don't know if Instagram does, but I hope it adopts something similar. Right and I've been wanting you to kind of money thing on right, but when they do. Yeah. When they do, I hope they get around to it. Me too. And I hope I've been hoping YouTube will do that for years, but I don't think they ever will. Um, but who knows? Yeah, I, it makes they kind of do. It's the four thousand hours of watch time plus the one thousand subscribers. If Mixer got it, I'd be pretty hyped about Mixer for once. So <laughs> you I think know, they but, do. Do they? I think they do. Yeah. Oh really? I'm gonna look this shit up. Let's see, Mixer. Uh, what's it called? What's their mixer partnership requirements? Uh, you have to have an account age of two plus months. You have to have two thousand followers. You have to stream twelve or more days total in the last month, and you have to have streamed twenty five or more hours in the last month. So they. Yo, have, this is recent too. Yeah, they have very high. Uh, this is July. Wow. Yeah, like it didn't come into effect until July 24th, so about a month. That's interesting wow. because getting 2,000 followers on Mixer sounds like hell. <laughs> yeah, the account age is reasonable. The streams thing is reasonable. Our stream is reasonable. The 2,000 followers is the deal pretty much on that one. Yeah. So a bit harder than Facebook, but not quite Twitch part. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about Facebook is that you actually have to like or the thing about Twitch is that you actually have to get people to watch you, right? Getting followers is getting the first like 50 followers is not that bad. Um, getting those 50 followers to watch you every stream is, can be pretty difficult. Um, and that, that can be because of time zones being different. Um, if you don't have a dedicated streaming schedule, that definitely messes you up. Um, and I think that's one of my problems. Or has been one of my problems in the past. Um, but the Facebook thing is interesting to me because that's very easy to obtain. Right. That's um, reasonable at the very least. Yeah. The hundred the hundred followers, maybe. Maybe that'll be a little difficult because getting a hundred people to follow you on Facebook. Eh. But I don't even think that's too bad. I don't I don't think so either. Especially with how many people are on Facebook. I, I don't think that's yeah. Even remotely a big deal. Okay. At all. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. The other thing I wanted to say too about it was one, it's cool they have requirements and stuff. Two, I think they're trying to leverage it to potential people who are on Twitch to be like, 
hey, if you were to stream on Facebook, it's slightly easier here. Eh? <laughs> Don't you want to come over to Facebook, right? Because uh, I, I thought the Twitch requirements were sort of a way to get YouTube streamers to head over to Twitch. And I think this is kind of a similar ploy by Facebook to be like, yo, it's even easier over here if you want the monies, even though you're not going to be making anything. <laughs> Hardly at all, but yeah. it, it's an interesting business move. I'll say that at the very least. Do you think you'll uh, do you think you'll be streaming on Facebook anytime soon? Oh hell no! Like the whole thing annoys <laughs> me. Like I, I still don't like it. I'm still yeah. not a fan of it. Um, but I can appreciate the fact that Facebook, like Twitch, is making their guidelines very easy to read and are communicating to their streamers to be like, "Yo, you want to get somewhere? Here's how you do it." I'll respect yeah. that no matter what platform. I'll even say shout out to Mixer for including their shit as well. I didn't even know about it. Um. It's cool that they did that. That's fair. I think by Facebook giving this, like, these guidelines, making them public, um, which they didn't have this before, it makes it makes Facebook streaming more real to me, yeah. which, I, which is cool, I guess. Um, I, I still think that for me, Twitch is the best bet just because I'm not a full-time streamer. Um, nor do I really plan on being it just because I'm more into the video thing. However, I almost want to, because these, these requirements are not hard at all, I almost want to try to stream like once a week on Facebook and see what happens. Give it a test. Yeah. I, I just, I just don't know yet. I, I would have to find, um... I, I just don't know yet. We'll see. Could work because out. Who knows? It could. It could. I, I just know that a lot of the people that are over there are playing like Fortnite, <laughs> a super popular game. Um, I would probably want to play something that uh, I'm not trying to play in front of my my Twitch followers, you know, try to get some like new people over there, I guess. Uh, maybe because I'm maybe because of my new show, I'm gonna have to like get through some new games anyways. Do like what Gerard the Completionist is doing, and like certain games that are longer. Maybe I'll stream them over on Facebook. I don't know yet, but we'll see. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Sadly, it's good follow up to our streaming episode, also. So yeah, that worked yeah. out. <laughs> very very interesting. It's like they knew. They knew that we were doing a streaming episode on Facebook. Seeing that email like, hey, hey, you didn't mention this. They they know everything, man. They hear your conversation. They must have heard our podcast. They actually actually know everything, yeah. Wow. That's how it be sometimes. So that's it. Your week on YouTube trademark. Only took 50 minutes. (laughs) It took way too long, as always how we do things yeah but right before we get into the main topic i want to do something new this week um last week at the end of the episode i briefly mentioned whoa anchor allows people to give you money now that's crazy (laughs) so i checked it out and uh anchor does indeed allow you to give allow people to give you money um they have a new listener support system which is pretty cool it's basically like patreon except on anchor um, so you, it's, it's very interesting. Basically you share a little link 
and you can ask people to sponsor your podcast and they can like give either a dollar, five dollars or ten dollars a month to your podcast. And hmm. that's what it is. It's pretty cool. Um, so I created the little thing, set up the payment offer thing, shared it on Twitter and a great guy named Aaron from the YouTube channel for the love of tech. I do, uh, I edit his videos actually. Um, he decided to sponsor us for $5 a month. Yeah. Well, shout out to him. So shout out to him. Thank you so much, man. And he shared us, he shared the link on Twitter as well. So if anybody else is planning on, <laughs> you know, sponsoring the podcast, it's, it's pretty easy. The link should be on, it should be in the show notes and you can, it's, it's, he said it was super easy to set up. He said he could just, he just hit a button and it wasn't, wasn't too difficult at all. So that's pretty, pretty dope. Yeah. We'll, we'll even mention you on the podcast if you want. How about that? Absolutely. We, we have no issue of doing that and letting people know. So no, nope. appreciate it nope. as always. Sweet. All right. Well, Let's get into the big juicy topic. The big boy? Labs. Ooh, the collaboration. The art of getting two people together to work on a video of some kind, or potentially two videos, one on one channel, one on the other, depending on how you do it. Two or more people, even. Yeah, even groups, who knows? Maybe even you do a collab channel. Like, there's there's a lot of ways to go about it. Which is why we're going to be spending the next hour or so discussing it, potentially even more, because there's a lot to go over. I think one of the main things to start with, though, is if we're talking about early YouTube, I remember Mm -hmm. there was very much a time where the only way you could reliably grow, quote unquote, according to what people said, was to do collabs with bigger channels. Like, that was a big period of YouTube's time where, like, hey, you want to get up in the world? You better do a collab with the right people. In fact, just do a bunch of collabs, actually. Don't even make regular content. Just collab with as many people as you can, and you'll eventually get to the state where you're big and you can do all that sort of stuff. Pretty much. Nowadays, looking back on it, YouTube might have been like that for a period of time, but uh, not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore. It's interesting that you, yeah, you also noticed that it, it's, it's super interesting <laughs> because you're, you're completely right. Um, people are still to this day talking about how important collabs are. And I think there are still are some very big merits to them. And I think they still are important to a certain extent, but in terms of growing your channel, they are not nearly as efficient, um, as they used to be. Yeah, they just don't quite bring enough eyes to them. And I think I think part of the reason that they don't work as well is just because, like, collabs back in the day, I feel, were pretty special in the fact that, like, not many people did them as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think kind of like Let's Plays, they just sort of ended up getting oversaturated to the point where if two people are doing a collab together, you can almost tell how the video is going to be structured before it even begins. Right. Because the idea of doing a collab video has been done so many times that like 
setups for collabs, endings of collabs, the type of humor present in them. You know, like, it's very much a, a genre that's been covered to death <laughs> on YouTube. And I think people will, over time, have just sort of gotten sick of it to the point where, like, they don't have as much power as they used to. But that's just my theory. I don't know. Right. I, I think that one of the biggest reasons why they're not as efficient anymore is because back in the day, um, there wasn't as much quality content on YouTube as there is now. Sure. Um, it, it definitely does have to do with saturation, right? We, we, we definitely have more more quality content out there. We have a lot more garbage too, but <laughs> there, there definitely is more quality content out there than there ever was. Um, and so when one of your favorite creators was doing a project with somebody else, it obviously meant that that person had to have been doing something right to have gotten the attention of your favorite creator. So why wouldn't you go check out that person's channel? Uh, but now everybody pretty much has the group of people that they watch on a regular basis. And that's not to say that you're not going to like check out new channels I still check out new channels every once in a while, but I'm, I'm definitely not open to new channels as much as I used to be. Um, True. I got to be in that mood. I got to be in that mindset. Um, you got to be that collab better be really damn good for me to like really want to go check out your channel afterwards. Um, or I'm not going to like really want to go do it, you know? Uh, and I just think, too, shoutouts have just become a lot more prevalent to the point where if you really want to recommend a new channel, it's almost better to do that just by shouting someone out in a YouTube video or shouting them out on Twitter. There really isn't a need anymore to make a big production just to introduce you to someone else when there's a lot easier and arguably more successful ways of introducing people to new channels through shoutouts and stuff. I, I agree. Uh, if... You know, somebody like Boogie2988 posted on Twitter and was like, yo, go check out this this one guy. I really have been, like, enjoying his stuff lately. I'd go check him out because, obviously, he was good enough to, like, for Boogie to spend his time to not only watch him, but also share who he was. Um, mm -hmm. He could have done a collab with him, and maybe I would have watched the collab, and maybe I would have gone check out the guy's channel. But I... But you're right, I definitely would be more likely to go watch the video if he had just been like, yo, go check out this guy's stuff. I just think it feels more honest that way, too, you know? It feels so. a lot more honest to just say, hey, go check out this channel, rather than making a big collab deal to get to the same point, right? And right. stuff like that. So, all that being said, collabs definitely don't have as much power as they do, as they did before. I still think they're useful, though. Mm -hmm. um, the point that I think is worth taking away from this is don't expect collabs to grow your channel. Don't expect collabs to do all the work for you. <laughs> and when you're doing a collab, keep in mind that there are other reasons you might want to go about it rather than just like getting new people on, on you, pretty much. So that, that's just what I wanted to bring up with that whole tangent in general. No, I agree. Um, a lot of people will start YouTube and they'll they'll hear this, you know, old old wives tell at this point that they need to do collabs in order to grow. 
And so they'll go to Reddit forums and they'll go to Facebook groups and they'll be like, yo, I'm looking for somebody with like more than a hundred subscribers to do a collab with. Can we play Fortnite together? And then, uh, they'll like do the quote unquote collab with them and that'll be it. And then nothing. Everybody will move on with their day. Yeah. Right, like no one cares. It's just a waste of everybody's time. No, that that video is not going to get views. Nobody's going to grow from it. You didn't make any kind of connections to that person. It was probably awkward for both of you. So again, agree one hundred percent with Aiden. There's a time and place for collabs, and I think they're I think they're extremely important for certain reasons, but not to grow your channel. Yes, 100%, 100%. And I guess we should go ahead and get into some of the reasons why you would want to do a collab in the first place. And the main one that I always point to is just that, like, collabs are fun to make, right? Um, they're very much a creative challenge to try to set up. And working through that, whether it's writing a script, uh, figuring out what topic you're going to do, getting the humor down all that sort of stuff, it can be very creatively engaging to actually make a collab video, especially if the person you're collabing with uh, has similar interests or you're a big fan of in general, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the, an example I'd like to use is me and Zach, before we ever did Lions Honor Gaming, before we ever did another YouTube podcast, before we had ever did anything else, we did a collab video on Smash Bros. characters. And granted, it took six months to make. <laughs> uh, but that was very much a super fun video to work on between me and Zach back and forth and like finding out what our lists were going to be and, and how we were going to, you know, tell jokes and stuff like that. They, it was a lot of fun to make. One of the, some of the most fun I've had on a video ever, frankly. Agreed. No, I, I, I think both of our projects turn out really well at the end of the day, too. Um, yeah, different I, videos, too. Like they're both radically yeah. different <laughs> for sure um and that's that's something that's pretty cool too is that you get to i think what's cool about collabs is you get to work with different people um what i find rewarding about collabs is finding people that are better at something than you are yeah I mean, sure you can do a let's play channel and you can you know collab with other people and do let's plays and that's what we're doing and you like one of our best series is me and Aiden playing Pokemon and <laughs> we seem to be pretty great at commentary in this particular thing and that's cool but it's also it would also be extremely rewarding for me to find somebody that's really good at dancing because I'm awful at dancing and maybe I make the music for it because I'm decent at music and make a video out of that, right? Like find people that are great at something that you're not and then do something that you're great at and then you can create something truly great. Like that's something that I think is really cool. Almost sort of approach it kind of like an internship, really. Like a free internship in the sense that like, Yes, you could just go with another channel that does exactly what you do and make a video that you've always made just with another person. And that's totally fine. And people do that all the time. Hmm. But like Zach said, finding somebody that's a bit outside your niche and working on a video, it can be a great learning experience, honestly. And you might even, you know, pick up more skills than 
you wouldn't have gotten otherwise, right? Like exactly. We could learn a bit about writing scripts. We could learn about editing. We could learn about voiceover, uh, even commentary, right? And these things just naturally come up as you're working on a collab video. And if you find the right person, your regular videos might be better after the fact. And that's a huge bonus uh, that not a lot of people talk about when it comes to collab videos. Definitely. Um, I mean, just editing... This isn't really around the same thing, but just editing for other people, because I've been doing a lot of freelance editing lately, um, I've been able to like make my own videos better um, in, in terms of editing. And so if you're editing for a collab video, then you're going to be working with things that you probably haven't been work, you know, haven't worked with in the, in the past. And that could potentially make your own videos better in the future. And so it's definitely a learning um it's definitely a learning process. And I think that's really cool. Definitely. So that's sort of two major advantages of collabs is doing them for fun or doing them to learn something new, uh, which can work out rather well. And then we get to the other main case of like building a channel or series around collaborative projects. I sometimes think a little bit about, what if another YouTube podcast was just me, right? What if I was the only one doing YouTube advice and the whole podcast was just three hours of me talking about one particular subject. And then I just like do one every week on its own channel. And I think about that and I'm like, on the one hand, that could be a really cool dynamic. On the other mm -hmm. hand, I'm so glad Zach is there with me so we can get <laughs> more points out of each other. Yo. And so the conversation in the podcast can flow so much better you know, a series like another YouTube podcast, frankly, would be worse with just me or just you. It's the sort of collaborative process between the two that makes the collab uh, and the podcast so much better than it ever could have been. And so sometimes you'll end up thinking of a series that you think might work okay by itself, but getting other people involved uh, might make those series better as a whole. You know, like Lions Honor Gaming, it's a Let's Play channel full of three people. How much more boring would it be if it was just Jay, <laughs> you know, doing Let's Plays <laughs> on yeah. by himself? You know, it's that collaborative spirit that really makes these videos and really entices people to watching that channel, honestly. So some series and some ideas just work better with other people. Yeah, fun fact, uh, another YouTube podcast was just going to be me. Um, I had planned on doing like a YouTube related podcast for a while. Well, it's going to be Let's Play related podcast, but. Glad that that did not happen. <laughs> let's just say, let's just leave it at that. It would have been a completely different show, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, it really would be. Um, but one hundred percent, these collaborative big group projects or group channels or anything like that. If you have an idea that you think that, if you have an idea that you're almost half pregnant with. And you're like, I really want to do this, but I don't know exactly if it would work. I'm not 100% sure. See if maybe another person would help it. Because you never know. It probably could. Um, and if you don't have another person at the moment, then leave it on the back burner. Let it simmer for a little bit. Come back to it and get another person with it when you're ready. You never know. Exactly. Let it simmer. Let it boil a bit. Kind of work it out together. All that sort yeah. of stuff can end up making a better product as a whole so um the last thing that i can think of that i find really great about collaborative projects 
it is uh, getting to know other people, networking. Networking is yeah. super important when you're doing this kind of thing. Um, see, the the thing that the thing about modern YouTube that that a lot of people don't really realize is that you can pretty much get to. Uh, I actually heard Roberto talk about this recently. You can pretty much get to like a hundred thousand subscribers uh, on your own. You really don't need other people as much. You can you can just kind of do the same, you know, figure out what works for you, find your niche, do it over and over again, you know, get that first 1,000, get that first 10,000, you know, really build your own community. Cool. You get to that 100,000. But getting to that million, that's when you start relying on other people. That's okay. when you have to start kind of, you know, doing videos with with other people that you know. Um, and it's not even, it's not even to the po point where it's not even like, I'm going to go do this video with Aiden because I know Aiden, Aiden has a certain amount of viewers and subscribers and that's going to help my channel. It's Aiden has a specific expertise that I don't have. Aiden brings something to the table that I don't have. And I have something that I can bring to the table that Aiden doesn't have. And by collaborating with him, we can create something bigger that can go on my channel, can go on his channel, and that's going to make an overall better product. And that's going to put that channel to the next, the next step, right? Sure. Sure. Um, we, we've all had a moment where we all come up with video ideas and, you know, realize that, oh, this might not work as great as I thought it would. And having other people in there can sometimes be a nice little... Uh, creative out if you will to get that video done and uploaded just by having someone else there you never know right and so basically the point that i'm getting to is that to get to to get to those those big numbers on youtube you definitely need help you definitely need other people you definitely need basically your group your posse your you know the people that you can rely on that they're always going to be there for you but not even that you just got to know people um, right. in, in any kind of creator space and any kind of entrepreneurial states. Um, knowing people is just great. And it's, it makes your life a hell of a lot easier too. Honestly, which is, <laughs> which is why I think doing collabs when you're early on in your YouTube channel, isn't a great idea because you yourself are not established yet. You yourself don't have a network of a lot of people yet. You don't have an audience yet. You yourself have nothing to give back to the other channel because you're literally just started out. And it's so funny to me that people will like start their YouTube channel and only think about collab possibilities when really you shouldn't even be asking that question until you've figured out your own stuff first, right? Because otherwise you're just ripping people off and getting leeching off of other people in hopes that you'll eventually find your voice in your channel as well. And that's just a bit selfish in my opinion. I agree. And, and here's the thing, right? Like people are going to come to your channel for these collabs for these other people. And because you're so small, because you're just starting out, unless you have previous experience with other channels or with other production, with other YouTube, you know, anything, most likely like you're not going to have that footing to support yourself as a creator or an entertainer or anything like that, which means that people are not going to want to stay for you. 
And right. that sucks to say, but that means those collabs are just going to be wasted resources. Sure. And especially with how long collabs can take to make and set up and schedule, um, you really don't want to be investing all that time together if it's not going to lead to anything in particular, right? Maybe yeah. you think, oh, it's just fun to make and that's all I need out of it and that's cool and all, but collaborations in and of themselves are a balancing act, right? Both channels have to give up something, have to give up their time, their resources, maybe even potentially have to give up a video that they were going to do by themselves to make this project, right? Mm -hmm. And if one side is doing more work than the other person, you know, it's kind of like school projects. The teacher is going to be able to tell and the viewer is going to be able to tell if one person did all the work and the other person is just like casually there, right? People will notice. You may think that's not the case, and you may think, oh, I can fool people with that. You can tell, especially if you've been doing YouTube for as long as me and Zach have. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So. Um, yeah. It, it's, that's just some stuff to consider. Absolutely. But let's say that you're, you've kind of like established yourself a little bit. You, you're like, let's say you're at the end of year one, and you want to start considering doing collabs with other people. Um, you have some friends that you want to do collabs with. You have some, actually, let's say friends. I feel like friends is a very important topic that we can get into. Yeah. But, uh, let's just say that you want to do collabs with people. Uh, what's the first, what's the first way to start getting into that? Because you have to find people first, right? Right, right. And that's sort of going to be an advantage for channels that have already been around a lot longer who have a network of people and who have a group of fans to talk to uh, granted. So like that part in and of itself is pretty huge. Once you have that network and once you have those people, um, a good question to ask yourself is who am I going to be the most compatible with for this video? Um, what are the needs of the video? What are the needs of myself? And who will, who will best fit that role, honestly? Um, me and Zach could potentially do a video on DC Comics and CW shows, but like <laughs> that video wouldn't work out well because I don't know jack shit about any of that. Satire, and Jay, <laughs> Jay would be a better fit for that, honestly, yeah, for right? Sure. And so the same thing could be said. Like, let's say you're a Let's Play channel and you want to get a friend involved does that friend know about the game? Has that friend recorded YouTube videos before? Right? Like, there's a lot of questions to ask about who will be the most compatible for this particular video. And uh, that's a question that you can kind of wrap your head around uh, for a good bit of time. Um, stuff like that, sort of. Yeah. Um, since you, yeah, the friend thing is, is very interesting because I found myself naturally collabing with friends a lot. Um, a lot of my close friends have made YouTube videos or have dabbled in YouTube or I've gotten on my YouTube videos and more often than not, unless they've had a YouTube channel themselves, um, they don't really turn out that well. <laughs> and it, it, it kind of sucks to say that cause it's like, oh, but they're your friend. Right. And that you think that that would go, that would, you know, that would work, but you're putting somebody in a position that they're not used to, you know, especially if they've never recorded a video before they've never done mm -hmm. any kind of co commentary before. Um, it just doesn't, doesn't work out. Um, think about yourself. Like think about when you made your first video, 
Think about all the anxious feelings you had, the nervousness, trying to turn on the camera, trying to commentate and say things. Like picture that you, and then picture trying to do a collab with somebody who's been doing YouTube for five years. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that is beyond scary, especially for people who have never done YouTube before. And as creators, we can sometimes fall into that trap of being like, oh, me and my friend talk all the time outside of videos. Surely they're going to work when we do a video together. And that's not the case all the time. There's nervousness, there's anxiousness, uh, there's the particular game you're playing, the fact that they've never done YouTube before. Uh, what sounded like a great idea might in fact not work out for anybody involved. And they may not want to do a video again after that, which can yeah. suck. It'd be an awful feeling. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and I've had, you know, personal experiences where, you know, you end up with a video and you've, you've done the entire video. It just doesn't turn out well, but you've done the video. So you have to put it on anyways. And it just, sure. it just, you know, it's not a good experience for anybody. So you, you definitely want to, if you want to gauge those, those opportunities carefully, um, maybe do some test recordings. If you really want to get that friend involved, if they're really want to getting involved, if they really want to get involved and that's cool, um, then you can slowly get them into your YouTube atmosphere for sure. Um, but definitely be careful of that. Sure. And you got to keep in mind, some projects are bigger than others. Um, for example, I, on the Lines Honor Gaming channel, am doing a Let's Play with Dengu. Um, by the way, episode three just uploaded, so we're good on that. Anyway, um, me and Dengu, like, we know each other pretty well, and we're on Discord all the time. And we've talked before in audio calls and everything like that. And so it was very easy for me and Danku to get into Discord call and play Roblox for like 40 minutes because he knows the game very well. Uh, I've played it a good bit and it was just a very natural and easygoing environment. And that collab series has worked out rather well. But think about what would happen if me and Danku got into a video together and tried to do like a top 10 Smash Bros. characters that I did with Zach. Like, he might not fit into that environment as well because it's not off the cuff. It's scripted, right? You kind of have to have a flow and a natural conversation to it. That Smash video is a way bigger project, and I don't know if I would feel confident in putting someone like Denku on the spot there as I would feel confident that he could handle a Let's Play part pretty easily, right? right. So, like, different videos ha are, are definitely bigger than others, and you got to keep in mind, like, where would my friends fit there? Me and Zach could do the top 10 Smash Bros characters and me and Zach could do Let's Play stuff in podcasts. Could Danku do a podcast for two hours? I don't know. Maybe. Don't know. Maybe. You know? Depending on the topic, right? Depending on the topic, depending on the video, the project, you know, what's, yeah. what's being asked of the other person. Yeah. I think, I think Aiden is the type of person that I could do almost any collab with. And I think there's a couple of people that I know that I could do almost any collab with, but I do know that there's certain people that I know that there's very specific collabs that I can only do with. So and you do really, they need to be very tailored specific to the person that you're doing it with. I mean, you want to make, especially if this is going to be the only collab person collab you do with this person, at least for, for a while, you want to make it special, you know, you don't want it to be, well, I could do it with this person or I could do it with this other person. Right. Right. So that's something and I think, to know. I think that's a valid point to bring up too. If you're not a let's play channel and if you're not a podcast channel, I would highly advise not doing way too many collabs, you know, 
I would highly advise <laughs> that you plan out the collabs you're going to do. And like Zach said, make them feel like special occasions. They don't feel special if you're doing one every week, right? They don't feel mm. special if you're doing one every single day. And of course, with Let's Play channels and podcast channels, it's fine because that's expected and that's sort of the norm and that's cool and all. But like, if you were to go to Blue Couch Productions and I'm collabing with someone every day, like that could get annoying to some people. And, you know, a lot of people don't come for other people. They come for me. And if I'm not, exactly. you know, there in my own videos, like why, why should I expect people to stick around? You know, you can't flood your channel with them 100%. That just contributes to the oversaturation problem we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And that's that's one of the reasons why collabs don't work as well as they used to anymore is because you do end up having these people that will do an oversaturation of collabs and they'll they'll end up collabing with people that their audience don't like. They'll end up collabing with people that their audience, you know, is in a completely different niche than their audiences. And it just doesn't work out for them. Like the, the conversion rate just, it just isn't there. You know, if I'm collabing with someone that's 65 and I've got like mostly people that are in their twenties watching me, it just doesn't make sense unless like that 65 year old, like really loves like the nerdy shit that I'm in. Right. And it could work. Mm -hmm. It just depends. It, it really, you really have to be careful with exactly who you're letting on your channel um, and making sure that it, it will vibe with your audience first and right. foremost, I think. Um, I think first and foremost, it's making sure that your content's going to be good. Right. And then it's making sure that is your audience going to like this person? Is, is this something that your audience is going to be cool with? Is it is it appropriate for the channel as a whole? Exactly. Because you got to keep in mind, like, if Zach is a family friendly channel, which he isn't, but you I'm know, hypothetically, family friendly channel. Yeah. Hypothetically, <laughs> if I were to come onto Zach's family friendly channel and just start like cussing up a storm, well, I'm not really appropriate for that channel and that niche and that audience, am I? Right. And you know, some projects do require that level of professionalism associated with them. And others are just like, yo, let's sit in a Discord call and fuck around for two hours. Like, you know, <laughs> very different standards, right? Very different um, expectations of what's required of people on those kind of series. And so, like, you know, there, there's a certain quality standard, at least with lines on your gaming, to the point where, like, we can't just put out an awful video. We have to make sure the commentary works. We have to make sure the gameplay works. If that dynamic doesn't work and it doesn't flow, well, then there's no point in uploading that video to people because they're not going to like it and we don't like it. So, like, what's the point? Yeah, I agree. So, uh, what's appropriate? What are the expectations associated with the channel, right? Right. So, um, there's, a, there's a couple of ways that you can go about um, starting a collab. Uh, if there's somebody that you know, there's somebody that's a friend of yours and you're like, yeah, this person could definitely work for this collab. Um, this person has been doing YouTube or this person I think could work with YouTube. Um, then obviously you can just ask them and then go from there. Um, if there's somebody that's in your audience, there's somebody that's in your discord. Again, we've talked about discord being super important. Then that, that'll be pretty easy to get started. But what if it's somebody that you don't know, but you think they're pretty cool and they're around like the same size as your channel? How would you 
How would you say is the best way to go about doing a collab with somebody that you don't know, Aiden? Uh, well, we have firsthand experience of that. And the fact that like me and you did not know each other hardly at all. Um, Mm -hmm. when we started, I know we've told this story before, but I'll mention it again for any new listeners. Uh, I met Zach off of Sabijan Games, Mega Man 3 part, whatever. And um, I had saw that video in the recommended, thought it was going to be trash, clicked on it to get a laugh, and then I uh, realized that it was actually pretty well done. And I left the <laughs> comment being like, yo, this was actually really good, dude. And that was it. Just left the comment, nothing else. He checks out my channel and like leaves a comment on one of my Pokemon videos or whatever. And we had gotten to know each other very well. We were like, yo, let's just do a collab, right? And so, really, our only interactions with each other had been through, like, two comments, basically. We had never gotten in, like, a Skype call or a Discord call. It was two comments. And we, here we are trying to <laughs> record a collab together. I didn't even know how to pronounce Sebijan Games at the time. I said Sebijan Games in the collab. Like, that's how little <laughs> we properly knew each other um, at that time. And so, what we decided to do was, like, yo... Let's get in a, uh, was it Discord or was it Skype? I don't know if I was Skype. still on Skype at that point. We were on Skype at this time, yeah. Um, yeah. We decided to get into a Skype call, and we basically, like, for the next couple of hours or so, just sort of, like, talked it out and planned this collab and everything, and um, really kind of got to figure out each other and what we did and all that sort of stuff. I explained my channel to Zach. He explained his channel to me, all this sort of stuff. Um, And then we just sort of like decided a topic and what we were going to do. And then we just sort of planned out the details and all that sort of stuff. Um, But part of the reason it didn't get done until like six months later was just like the back and forth and the fact that we still didn't know each other rather well. Yeah, that is uh, definitely a big part of it. Um, Also school. We were both school was a big part. Yeah. so to to add a couple more details to that, I, I definitely think I commented on your video and was like, yo, you're doing some pretty cool shit over here. We should do a collab at some point. Right. That's, that, that was just something that I did with people that I thought were doing cool stuff. I was like, you know, I, I and I still do this every once in a while. If I find somebody that I think is cool and they, they have like a, like a decently small channel and I'm like, you know, around the same size, I like to, you know see if there's any chance that I can meet them and talk to them and try to get some kind of collab going. Um, haven't really done that much over the last year, to be honest. I should probably get back into doing that because it's been a while since I've, well, I've done a lot of collab shit. It's just hasn't been with people that I don't know, which is probably for the best. That's um, <laughs> what we've been talking about. But um, a lot of my early days, um, even up to the last couple of years um i did a lot of collabs with a lot of people um doing mostly let's play stuff um but this particular i I think the the collab with aiden was my first real non-let's play non-podcasty uh collab that turned out really well right and it took a bit of time in order to get to that uh on my channel in particular, me and Kyle did a Shovel Knight Let's Play together. And what's interesting about that in particular is 
I didn't just meet Kyle and ask him to do that Let's Play. Like, I knew Kyle for months and months and months and upwards of a year before mm-hmm. I even bothered to, like, ask. Like, yo, you want to do a little Shovel Knight playthrough together? You want to do a game together? He's like, yeah, cool, that'd be fine. Um, Tenku, I, d- I knew him for a couple of months before we did our technically first collab on his channel, an awful uh, showdown video about Clefable. Uh, it's just pretty <laughs> trash. Um, you know, I did a early collab with Anthony Gaming after I'd known him for a while on stream. And here I was doing this collab with Zach, like, out of the blue over, like, two comments. And, you know, it didn't really get done until we kind of knew each other a bit more, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that I think is important is, like, yeah, you can do collabs with complete strangers. And that's fine. Do your research beforehand. Agreed. Honestly, 100%. you know, make sure the person that you're working with will, will fit into that niche. Make sure the channel is pretty good, right? Do a little bit of scouting, do a little bit of research, actually talk to the person for a little bit. Um, you know, play games together, talk about shows together or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Just like small conversation to truly like build up a little bit of a relationship beforehand. Make um, friends. <laughs> yeah. Make friends. Like, literally make friends online yeah. and, you know, make sure they're not like weirdos. But because I think that relationship yeah. ends up with a stronger collab video. Uh, That's 100%. why I'm saying all of this. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Um, I'll mention the collab that started with Jay and I uh, about fuck, four or five years ago. Um, Jay and Parker, they are two of our friends. Um, they had a little collab channel of their own and they were very early fans of my let's play channel. And Parker had commented on one of my videos with their, that channel saying, or no, I think it was Jay. He, he was like, he, he commented on my let's play twilight princess, <laughs> uh, one of the parts and was like, yo, um, I'm doing a let's play of this right now too. And was like, we should do a, we should do a versus of this one day. And I was like, yo, that sounds pretty dope. And so we were like messaging in, in the messaging part of YouTube, RIP, because that doesn't exist no more. Um, and then we, um, and then I ended up talking to Parker instead of Jay, because Jay got like super nervous and because of his anxiety. And so I didn't end up talking to Jay for like another year. And I ended up talking to Parker, started a podcast with him. Um, did like some let's play stuff with him and then finally got around to doing the, the verses with, with Jay and there's a long history of that verses. It's finally finished to a certain extent, but yeah, I've done a lot years, of years later. <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of collab stuff with, with Jay since then too, but the best stuff that we've done has become has has come out of like actually being friends with him. Um, the best collab stuff I've done in general has come out of, being friends, uh, being friends with them, you know, do you have any, do you have any collab horror stories? Uh, cause I have one. <laughs> not really. I guess I should mention, um, I have a brother named Ethan Yes. and we both started watching YouTube around the same time when I was watching those smash bros brawl trailers, which is when I first got onto YouTube Ethan was right there with me watching. 
And so we had both been kind of introduced to YouTube at the same time. We were both kind of introduced to Let's Plays right around the same time. We were both fans of Nintendo Capri Sun at around the same time. And so when I finally got equipment to record some of that stuff, it only made sense that I would get Ethan involved in that. And so I was a bit lucky in the fact that before I ever did a collab with anybody else, I had like 50 or so failed projects with Ethan that never went anywhere. (laughs) That's pretty great, honestly. Because he's right there, right? He's in the house. We're both into the same stuff. We're nearly the same age. It makes a ton of sense for me to do that. And granted, there were some videos that actually came out on uh, Mr. Mario 952, on uh, the Duper Brothers, on Blue Couch Productions. But there's just as many videos where I tried recording something and it doesn't work out and all that sort of stuff. And sometimes it's equipment. Sometimes he's tired and it's just saying random shit. Sometimes he doesn't want to do it. Sometimes I don't want to do it. Um, all my sort of quote unquote failed collab experience have come mainly from Ethan. And I don't regret them at all because like that was a big learning opportunity on like how to do that sort of stuff. So yeah, by the time sure. I was doing like Duper Brothers with other people and um, Blue Catch Productions collabs with other people, I'd sort of learned a good bit of like how to do them and make sure they end up well. And of course, I always have a habit too of being trying to be as professional as possible. Um, when we first did, when I first did Nerdception, the first episode of season three, <laughs> I tried to come at it with a bit more of a, like, oh, let me see how professional I can do this and try and uphold the podcast. And then I end up ranting about relationships and threw that out the window. So, <laughs> Well, that's probably for <laughs> the best because if you didn't, you would have like, I'm surprised you didn't like, go away from that podcast and be like, I'm never doing that again. Cause this is awful. <laughs> right. And I, I did, yeah. I did a lot of them. And even still, even in another YouTube podcast, even in movie night, even in the later nerd cast, I still tried to be as professional as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, which can suck by the way, there were many a time in a lot of these podcasts yeah. where I wanted to say something and couldn't because yeah. the conversation was going somewhere else or people were interrupting each other or whatever and i just couldn't say it and i'm like well gotta hold that grudge now no i'm joking uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just these moved on. people i'm done i just moved on really yeah. and granted that doesn't really happen in another t- youtube podcast because we can just say whatever the fuck we want back and forth that's great uh but in movie night and nerdcast definitely there have been moments where i'm like well gotta let that go now for the sake of the podcast and that's sort of a sacrifice you have to make if you're doing collabs with people um it's not your video so you can't 100% control everything as much as you would like to. And that's something that I've had to deal with for a long time now. <laughs> Sacrifice is definitely um, definitely a thing in collabs. Um, whether you're in control of the video or whether you're not in control of the video. Uh, because you're working with somebody else, sacrifice is, is a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very important part. Um, yeah. Now, I do have a little bit of a, I feel like I probably have more collab horror stories if I could think of any, because like I said, I've done, I've done quite a few Let's Play collabs, um, ton of them on Subijin Games, plenty of them that's just kind of failed, but there was a guy that I did a, uh, there was a guy that I, that, like, hit me up on Discord, I don't remember how, this was like early this year. Um, I don't know how we met up or whatever, but he was doing a let's play of Chrono Trigger 
And I was like, yeah, that's a really dope game. He was looking for like collab people. And I was like, yeah, I'll do a co-commentary shit with you or whatever. And, um, we were trying to like figure out a day and time and stuff that we could record. Turns out like he's on the other side of the world and it's like hard as hell to like record because of time differences and stuff. And then, so we finally get a day to record and I didn't realize this, but he's doing like this challenge run of Chrono Trigger. Oh boy. It's, he's like got this cheat code to where he can only play as this one certain character. And what that, what that means is that every single battle takes substantially longer and it's an RPG. So that makes the game boring basically. And he, basically I'm in a call with this dude for like 45 minutes um, while he's like battling this guy with this one character. And we'd never talked before except for in DMs. And it was, it was, it was not, it was not entertaining in, in the least bit. And he'd been barely doing YouTube and I, I hope that, like you know, I, I you know I wish him the most success in the world, but there was no way I could carry the conversation. I tried, and it was very very difficult. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, a bit tragic. It is tragic. Tragic is the word. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. I always think back to any time we do another YouTube podcast or a Let's Play or. Um, Nerdcast or whatever and like something was wrong with the video equipment mm-hmm. like oh it didn't record it right or oh we have to redo a whole episode of the podcast or oh we have to you know redo another let's play thing yeah. and on the one hand like that sucks because we wasted like an hour of our time doing that Yeah. on the other hand I'm usually happy about it simply because I could try and make it better than the first take Usually, let me tell um, you how happy that so. makes me sound. How happy that makes me when when I hear you say that because yeah. <laughs> that makes me it's heartbreaking to me to like record a three hour podcast and go to edit it and then all of a sudden, oh, your shit's corrupted. Yeah, like the fuck, and then and then I have to sit there and I'm like, I'm like, is there any way I can restore it? Is there anything I can do? And I'm just like. The answer okay. is usually no. <laughs> the answer is usually no. I'm like, shit, I gotta go. I gotta Break go the tell news. Aiden. Oh no. I gotta record, re-record the podcast. And meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, oh, that episode was awful. Thank God. <laughs> like, I could make it better now. This is dope. Uh, Jay, even, recently was like, yo, the audio on episode one of SA2 is, is pretty bad. Do you want to, like re-record it and do like some post com over it. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. I hate that episode. I was trashing it because it was like two o'clock in the morning. Let's fucking re-record that bitch. And uh needless to say, that episode ended up being a whole lot better because of it. Um, I had to re-record uh basically the entire entirety of Until Dawn, uh, except for the very first episode. So I was actually really happy about that myself because it was pretty garbage. Um, I had nothing going for it. So I was, I was pretty happy about that myself. Sure. So I understand. And like, here's the thing um, about collabs in particular and why I say get happy when that stuff happens 
is if it's the first time you're doing collab stuff together, um, it can be very hard to find that flow naturally, um, at least the first time. Chemistry. It can be very difficult to find that flow in conversation, uh, whether you're doing a podcast, a Let's Play, or all that sort of stuff. Um, and because of that, the videos usually end up being pretty awkward or quiet or interrupty if you get like two really crazy personalities together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it ends up happening that that video ends up being corrupted or you got to re-record them, you technically didn't lose anything because you were building that chemistry together with the person you're working with. Uh one of the things that I try to look for when I'm watching other people's collabs is how good is the chemistry between these two people, right? How, how good is their conversation? How good are they at like discussing things and sharing time and all that sort of stuff. And like when things end up getting corrupted and you got to re-record them again, your chemistry is usually a lot better because you've done the practice run. Essentially you've tried this thing multiple times. And by the time the finished version ends up coming out, your chemistry is a lot better because of it. And just, they just end up with so many better videos overall. Exactly. I agree. 100%. I, I, I have a, I really wish people did not use the first take of almost every video they make. And I get it. <laughs> we don't live in that world. Uh, sometimes the video has got to get done and it's got to get out and you don't have time to record something else. And like, totally understand it. I've done that a thousand times. Um, but I've just as often re-recorded a Let's Play part, a Questions on the Couch, a Midnight Vlog, or a podcast. And nine times out of ten, the second take is always better. <laughs> That's actually interesting to me because I remember talking to you about uh, Midnight Vlogs back when you were doing them. And you said something about you re-recorded it like five times. And I was like, wait, yep. what? Yeah. I was like, because you, you didn't script them and you like, you, you just... And that, that shocked me because I thought it was just like off the dome of your head and everything. And I noticed like you didn't edit those things as that much either. Nope. And you, you were just a naturally good speaker. And it was because you, you took the time to like really gather your thoughts enough and, and redo them until you really got it right. And that's real fucking dedication. <laughs> I, I spent more time recording than I did editing to give you an idea. Yeah, that's I spent- crazy. I spent more time retaking parts than I do uh, just editing all together. And, you know, sometimes I have to re-record a midnight vlog because, like, I mess up the intro or I start talking in circles and there really isn't a point to it. Yeah. Other times I have a completely good take that I could use. And I'm like, if I re-recorded it, I bet I could get that to be a little bit better. And I'll really? do that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I get I get good takes that I don't use sometimes. Especially That's with Midnight crazy. Vlogs. That happened a, a good bit at the time. Shit, questions man. on the couch too. Yeah. That's you ever cool. notice sometimes some questions on the couch were like, man, that was a really well thought out answer. Nine times out of ten, the first take did not have a really well thought out answer. <laughs> <laughs> it had a dumb version of it that I decided like, mm, better re-record that. That's uh, I wholeheartedly believe in the fact that more people should re-record their shit. Um, but I get it. We don't live in that world and that's fine. That's just yeah. a, a meme. <laughs> no, I get that. That's, that's, that's cool though. Cause, um, let me tell you, re-recording some let's play shit, very valuable every once in a while because that commentary cannot just not be there sometime. 
Right. Um, tangents aside, though, I did want to bring it back to um, a question that I proposed, and we kind of answered it, but I do want to give a little bit more specifics before we like wrap up the main topic. Um, unless you had more to add to it, of course. Um, I asked, you know, if there's somebody you don't know how, and you want to do a collab with them, you know, how do you go about getting a collab with them? And we kind of brought up the fact that both of us didn't know each other. We commented on each other's stuff. We ended up with a collab. Um, so basically that's, that's what you can do. If there's somebody out there that you admire, um, especially if they're around the same size as you in terms of how many subscribers they have on YouTube, how many followers they have on Twitter, however that works out. Um, it should be fairly easy to go on their videos, their most recent videos, leave a comment, say, hey, I really like your stuff. Um, I'd love to do some kind of collaborative project with you. I'd love to do some kind of collab. Um, if you have some kind of idea and you present that idea, that might actually make it even, you know, even easier for them to say yes, right? Agreed. I will say that some people do not want to collab. And yeah, that is true. some people are not up to it. I feel like me and Zach are pretty open to like anything. If you give us a good enough pitch and we go for it, like, mm -hmm. sure, whatever. And we, we like working with other people as well. So that's part of it. There are some people, though, who are introverted, who want to focus on their own stuff and really could not use a collab with somebody and, you know, that's totally fine if they do shoot you down, right? You got to keep in mind, a lot of YouTube channels for people, that's their baby. That's what they've grown. And the idea of introducing other people to it might not be comfortable for them. And you need to sort of accept that. So realize not everybody is going to say yes to your idea. And sometimes it can take a little bit of work and dedication. Sometimes you have to know somebody for a year. Sometimes you have to be an avid fan of their content. Sometimes you have to give them stuff to even like get an opportunity to talk on the table. Right. That's very true. Mm -hmm. Even in collabs, I would argue that you should try at the very least to give just a little bit more than the other person, like 5149. And when both people are going into that mm -hmm. mindset to give just a little bit more to the collab leads to some pretty good videos. Not going to lie. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then you know who really wins? The audience. And the audience, yeah. You yeah. you have to be willing to give a little bit more. You have to be willing to dedicate a bit more to get collabs off the ground and to get them to work well. So it, it's very much you want to be careful to not take the nice guy approach. Um if if you think of it like you're you're a nice guy trying to get a girl, um, and you're like, oh no, I got into the dreaded friend zone. Um Obviously, there are a lot of dudes out there that they'll try to befriend a girl and then they'll be like, yo, you trying to go out with me? And then she'll be like, no, I only like you as a friend. And then they'll get really pissed off about it. Um, mm -hmm. But the reality is, you know, if she didn't like you to start off with, you know, there ain't nothing you're going to be able to do about it. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of the same way here. Go into, you know, get to know new people on, on YouTube you know, get to know their content, enjoy their content, become a part of their communities. Um, and you can ask for that collab, but if they say no, then respect that decision and move on. And, you know, maybe it's for the best. And like Zach said, if you're in that friend zone scenario, typically the reason that happens is because you're disingenuine. 
you go up to somebody yeah. to try to be a friend only to get them to be involved in romantic relationships. Of course, the girl isn't going to be a fan of that because you basically lied to her in order to get into a relationship. Same thing with YouTube. If you just try to suck up to somebody to get a collab and people can see right through that, you know, they have every right to deny you, right? When we're talking about being friends with somebody, when we're talking about uh, looking at their content, when we're talking about wanting to do a collab, it 100% has to be genuine, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't go up to Zach's video and be like, oh, let me say a nice comment about this Mega Man video so you can do a collab video with me. No, I genuinely liked the video. I genuinely liked his comment. When we got on the call, I genuinely liked his personality. And I worked on a lot of videos with him that I genuinely wanted to do. I didn't lie about it. I didn't put on a facade to get a collab. There's still plenty of people I know that I haven't done a collab with. You know, like, Same. you have to be genuine about it. You can't just try to ding people out of a collab, right? Like, that's disingenuous. Yeah. I mean, there's still plenty of people that have like asked me to do collabs with them. Um, and I just haven't gotten around to it, whether, whether it's because of time, but more than likely it's been because I don't believe in what they're doing. I don't, it's either, I don't think that they're making quality enough content to where I really want to spend my time in there. And I think they just need to work on their own stuff until they get to that point. Or, um, they're just wanting to, you know, they're just kind of wanting to bullshit their way through the YouTube ecosystem and they think that Collabs is going to get them somewhere. And in reality, like we said early on, like Collabs should be something that you do for fun just to make more good videos. And it's just another thing you do, not the thing that you do. It's not the end all be all solution, right? Um, and I think recognizing that and recognizing that it can be a learning experience, that you can do it for fun, that you can meet a lot of great people and have a lot of great relationships is reward enough, right? Ooh, ooh, I have a genius like metaphor. So it's just like the MCU, right? The Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you're a nerd, you're going to get this. Marvel put out Iron Man and they were like, this is a really good movie. They put on Incredible Hulk. It wasn't such a good movie, but they moved on and they did Thor and, you know, Captain America. And then they did a collab. They did Avengers. Right? <laughs> I like where this is going. They put out another single movie, single movie, another one, blah, blah, blah. Did another collab. And they continued to do this. And then, you know, 10 years later, they put out Infinity War, the biggest collab of them all. Right? Now, DC was like, Yo, I really want a piece of that Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let me do what they did. Let's put out Man of Steel. So they put out Man of Steel and they were like, all right, time to go for that collab action. They put out Batman versus Superman. <laughs> <laughs> they put out Suicide Squad. They fucked everything up. They put out Wonder right. Woman. They're like, all right, it's a pretty good movie. And they yeah. put out Justice League and fucked it all over again. So it's like, it's literally the exact same thing. Yeah, you know they they didn't focus on quality. They focused on the strategy of let's try to do all these group projects. Let's try to do all these co collab things and try to catch up to other people that are literally years ahead of us. And um, it didn't work out for them. And I think it. I think the same can be said for like YouTube creators. And I think a lot of people are trying to catch up and trying to. You know, they're trying to play catch up and it's just, it just doesn't work that way. Don't rush a collab ever. Right. Agreed. Collabs. Collabs are fun. 
collabs are supposed to be something that you can learn from. They're supposed to be a nice little like bonding moment. Don't ever feel the need to like rush a project out the door because you have to get it for this audience or for this thing. Like do collabs because you enjoy doing them, not because you think they're going to lead you anywhere or any particular thing. I don't think that smash video in particular really got me to any high heights or, you know, really Mm, a whole lot or anything like that. But like, I still enjoyed making it. I'm still proud of that. Yeah. It's still a great experience. You know? I did a I did a collab with Calfro recently, and that was one of my favorite videos um, I've done in recent recent memory. That was super fun to make, um, and there was still its issues, but I still very much enjoyed making, it, and he liked making it too. We're going to try to do some more stuff together. So, yeah, yeah and just, just by the way, it. like we had been talking about doing a collab for a long time as well. Me and Calfro. Um, I don't even remember how we like met up, but, um, he's been kind of watching my stuff for a while. I started watching his stuff for a little bit. We've been talking about doing a collab for a while and we didn't really get serious about it until we got on a call and played Fortnite for like four hours together and went to Tilted Towers every single fucking time as a meme. And (laughs) then we came up with this video idea and... And everything now comes full circle. It all leads back to Fortnite. <laughs> it all comes back to Fortnite, everybody. So tip number one is always land in Tilted Towers. It will yes. get you. It'll get you exactly what you want to need. What you need. For your YouTube career, land in Tilted Towers every time. Otherwise, <laughs> won't succeed. That's just that's just a pro YouTube tip we can offer everybody. So yeah, keep oh. that in mind for sure. I love this podcast so much. It's, it's moments like these. The Marvel <laughs> analogy and the Fortnite talk, I feel like have made this episode quite the winner. So. This is this one's good. All right. As long as we don't as long as this file doesn't get corrupted, I think we'll be good. I think we're both using Audacity this time. Yeah. Knock on wood, we'll be good. We're 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 feeling pretty scared. I've had a couple of noise issues with my parents and the dog and everything. Sorry about uh, that. They're fine. But uh Fortnite comes first, all right? You know. <laughs> I talk about Fortnite first. Exactly. Stuff like that. Um but yeah, that's that's essentially all I had to talk about collabs, basically. Just to sort of recap what we've already been talking about. Um don't expect collabs to grow your channel. Um do collabs for fun. Do them to learn something. Uh make sure the people you're collabing with understand your project and your goals. Make sure they're appropriate. Uh, build a relationship first rather than just meeting random strangers and recording a collab right away. Um, build that connection. Be genuine in your collabs. Don't over flood them and uh, have a good time. Have a good time in general. You know, collabs are a great part of YouTube. And even though they're not as valuable as they used to be all that time ago, I still do enjoy watching a good collab every once in a while. There's it's some of the best stuff YouTube has ever ad video wise or really good collabs with people so i agree i appreciate them as a whole yeah and real quick now that we're over i want to briefly thank a patient for suggesting this topic to us yeah so we were like trying to come up with a topic as we often do we were like yo patient what uh what would you like to listen to this week and she gave us this topic it was a really good topic i, I we hadn't thought about it at all and i it's a very good topic. So thanks. Thank you, patient. 
seriously, that was a lot of good stuff that we got out of that episode. So appreciate it. Remember if uh, you too want a specific topic to be talked about, you can help us by helping you and helping you by helping us by giving us (laughs) a a topic to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) we forgot saying it at the end of each episode, but we really should start bringing that back. Leave us suggestions for topics in the comments below. You will save us <laughs> so much time if you were to do that. Um, we stopped saying it after a while. I don't know why. We must have forgotten. Like, we had a lot a lot planned, I guess. Leave your suggestions for topics. We will cover them, I promise. <laughs> we, we do have topics planned. It's just some of them are heavier topics that we've been kind of... Avoiding. Avoiding for, for various reasons. Um, and then we still do want to do those... Um, we still want to get people on the podcast. That is still a plan. Yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, if they're not on YouTube, isn't there an email where they could suggest a topic if they're like listening yes. to this? Yes. Zack Snyder Productions at gmail.com. Yeah. Email is in the show notes on all the platforms as well as the YouTube description. If you want to do that instead of YouTube comments in case it's a private question or whatever it may be. Shoot us an email. Uh, we'll answer your topic. Or if you want us to read it on the air, we can do that too. Just send an email at zacksnyerproductions.gmail.com. Yeah, boy. Speaking of comments. Oh, boy. So we have some comments this week. Really? We do. We have a couple. Um, we got Gengar Guy and Patient. Ooh. So... I will let you read Patience, and I will read Gengar, guys, if that's cool with you. That's fine. All right. Um, the first Gengar guy says, ooh, hype and stuff. I feel you. And then he continues with two other comments. He says, I'm glad you love my comment, LMAO. Let's get it. Also, I shall hop by your Discord, Zach, and I'm all up for getting to know new people. To be TBH honest, THBR8. And thanks for the plug, Aiden Hart. So yeah, I actually checked out Gengar Guy's uh, YouTube channel. He's got some pretty solid editing over there. It's pretty dope. Yeah. I, I've watched his stuff for a while now, and I, you know, like, yo, Zach, he got pretty good editing. You should check it out. Yeah. He's like, yo, pretty get it. This is pretty get it, yeah. TBH. Um, he, he also continues to say, Twitch is a great platform for creators, but fucks over the viewer in some cases. YouTube fucks over the creator, but it's great for viewers because it's not demanding. Streaming is fun and stuff. It's just a shame that I get told to do shit every five minutes. SMH, my shaking MH shook head H. <laughs> How many so, H's were in that comment in particular? I wonder. Uh, a lot. <laughs> a lot of H's. A lot yeah. of H's. Yeah, there's a good bit. Yeah, yeah, we didn't talk about it in the streaming episode, but uh, backseat gaming is definitely a thing. And uh, if you are a viewer of streams, please do not. Do that. People. Just, just, just don't. Just okay? don't. Just, just that that thing I said about don't. Just don't. Don't. Me and Zach um, have had a couple of bad experiences of people just backseat gaming. If you don't know what that means, it's basically if you go onto a stream and you tell people how to play the game correctly, like you do, and uh, it can seem helpful. I, I understand the intent behind it. Can get very annoying if you're the person streaming. It's it's just very annoying. Yeah, it 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 devolves. Yeah, it's just very annoying. It it becomes. Yeah, 
there's a Mario Odyssey versus episode where we talk about it a bit more in detail. So mm-hmm. I think episode two, I believe, or no, it's the one where we're in uh, the Lost Kingdom. So whatever episode that is, go check episode that out. Three. Three. Okay. But yeah, we talk about backseat stuff. We, we should have mentioned in the podcast. It's hype. But yeah, backseat gaming is bad. Uh, just imagine, imagine playing a game and trying to do something and having a strategy and you just have to get through that. You just have to play the game a couple more times to get through the thing. But people are like, why don't you try this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? It's, it's annoying. There can definitely be bad engagement in live streams. Um, if you're asking for the help, that's totally fine. If you're not, please don't pester people with that sort of stuff. If you're a stream viewer, um, you just have to bring to that annoy. up. You just have to ignore it at that point, honestly. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, I agree. Uh, that's good, man. And thanks for coming by the Discord as well. He's on the uh, Lions on our Gaming Discord too. He is. I'm pretty sure him and Clint. Yeah. Maybe I don't remember. They are. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I got that right. Anyway, we got another comment from the patient who says, "I have zero chance of streaming." 0.06 megabits up. <laughs> no, thank you. Not happening. Not now, not ever. Yeah, Patience <laughs> Internet is uh, a meme in our Discord just of how bad it is. And 0.6 megabytes per second upload speed is the reason why. So it's a big oof. As far as oh, I should point out. Sorry, but we talked about before with her internet about the fact that she couldn't watch Twitch streams because there wasn't an auto... Um, there was only an thing. auto, yeah, there was like a, what, what's it called, auto uh, quality button, but you couldn't like change the quality. So I figured out why. If you're a smaller streamer and you don't have like that many viewers watching you at a specific time, um, and it's a certain point in the day where like uh, so many people are streaming or whatever, um, you don't get that option on your stream. And it's called transcoding, but basically you just get the auto feature and that's it. Um, wow. I so, didn't know that. Yeah. Basically Twitch only has so much server space, so they have to like set the auto feature for everybody. And so if you have shitty internet and you're watching a small streamer, you're just kind of shit out of luck, which really sucks. Yeah. That's messed up actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but at least patient knows that it's not her fault anymore. It's Twitch's fault. Yeah. She was trying to wonder what the cause of that was. Maybe it was something with their browser. Or maybe it was an EU thing or we didn't know what. So it's good to finally have like an answer it's for really that. But, uh, anyway, she, she continues. Lots of people give YouTube gaming shit. I don't really understand why since for me, it actually works on like Twitch, but you both already know my seething hatred for Twitch and the reasons behind it. So I'm not going to go into those. But there's a pretty good benefit streaming on YouTube gaming I didn't know about. If you stream on YouTube and someone takes your stream or re-uploads parts of your stream that aren't transformative, you can claim those videos. If you stream on Twitch and someone re-uploads the stream slash clips that also aren't transformative, you can't claim those videos since YouTube apparently counts as the original video. I obviously don't know the 100% truth behind this, but it does make sense and seems like a big possibility. Interesting. I knew about you could do that on YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. Twitch, I think, is different in the fact that like it didn't really give you those tools or options to be able to do that. Right. Mainly because like copyright in general isn't a bigger, isn't really a big issue on Twitch as it is on YouTube. It's not as big an issue for real, for sure. Yeah. So I think that's 
part of the reason why. Although Twitch should definitely give you the option to do that, so I don't mm-hmm. know. She continues saying, I'd also disagree with you in that I'd say Twitch is much more open to non-gaming streams. You've got whole categories on Twitch completely distanced from gaming, like creativity and IRL streams. The only YouTube streams that I see that aren't gaming are podcasts or debate streams, and those are very few and far between. I know Twitch has dedicated categories to things aside from gaming. I don't know about YouTube. Well, have you ever been on YouTube and listened to 24-7 uh, study music <laughs> streams or whatever? <laughs> Or how about those uh, 24-7 Family Guy streams or Simpson streams or Ed and Eddie streams? It seems today that all we've seen. Uh, those I exist, by the way. They are all over the say, place. I don't remember if I sent this to you, Aiden. But um, right after we did the episode last week, let's see if I sent the message to you. Uh, yeah, so I did send it to you. Okay, so Twitch actually added some new categories. Um, they had the IRL and the creative categories. They switched, they, re- they replaced those with 10 more specific categories. Um, so they now have art, hobbies and crafts, food and drink, music and performing arts, beauty and body art, science and technology, just chatting, travel and outdoors, sports and fitness, special effects, special events, uh, talk shows and podcasts and ASMR. Oh. Sorry. Oh, no. Hold on a second. ASMR. <laughs> All right. So oh, no. Oh. I don't know how uh, I feel about that category. No, That's cool, though. No. Yeah. That they're adding more stuff. Uh, I was just going to hit until September, but yeah. I was just saying that because I typically see more non-gaming streams on YouTube as a whole. Every time I go to Twitch's front page, it's almost always gaming stuff. And even when I'm streaming, it doesn't really recommend me non-gaming streams as a whole. I think part of the reason I think YouTube offers uh, more non-gaming stuff is just because I see it recommended to me a lot more. But that's a platform thing, right? That's obviously like... It's also an uh, whatever thing. Yeah, what it wants to show you, basically. So, I mean, there's no way I could be able to tell like the exact number of non-creative streams on both platforms and tie that up. Like, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I was just going based off my personal experience. But it is cool, like Zach mentioned, that there are going to be more categories for non-gaming stuff on Twitch. Yeah. And the final part of her comment, Mixer doesn't fucking work. I spent over (laughs) half an hour trying to register an account on Mixer, and it still didn't work. Either it was broken, or the method is so convoluted that I ended up going round in circles. Update, that forum got a more permanent replacement. It's a lot more focused around creativity, and I would suggest you guys check it out. There's some really talented people on there. I'm going to click the link right now just to see. Yeah, it looks like the old one. That's pretty cool, actually. Nice. It has like a Discord plugin, too, which is really cool. The still. That's my Good favorite uh, paragraph starting off with Mixer doesn't fucking work. In a nutshell, we could have just said that for the Mixer part of our podcast and move on if we really wanted have. to. Yeah. Um, yeah. The That'd fact be. that they want you to have 2,000 followers still kind of gets me. I don't think there's more than 2,000 people on me. <laughs> that's the thing with, yeah, that's... And maybe that's why it's so high. Maybe that's, like, why you don't deserve money unless you can get, like, literally everybody on our platform to watch you. I don't think you're making that much money even if you reach that goal. I don't thing. think you are either. That's So why uh, make it that ridiculously high to begin with? Yeah. Are people just more donation-happy on Mixer? I don't know. 
So let's do a question of the day. Yeah, thank you for your um, comment, patient, by the you. way. As always. Appreciate it. Leave your comments down below, other people who have listened to this episode, or if you want to email, again, zacksonairproductions at gmail.com. Yeah. Actually, I want to do I want to do two questions. Um, one of them, I'm curious, just uh, just as like a what do you call it? I just I just want feedback. And then the other one, I want it to be like tailored to the actual episode. So the first question is, if I was to stream on Facebook, would you watch it? <laughs> wow. That's the first question. That's what I'm curious about. First off, mm-hmm. um. Or I should say, Facebook streaming. Would you watch Facebook streaming? If there was somebody that you liked on Facebook, would you watch them on there? Uh, since we're still talking about streaming and stuff, and that's, that is still a big, hot topic item. Uh, but in terms of collaborations, do you have a specific question, or do you want me to come up with something? Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Okay. So, for this week's episode main topic um my my main question for this week is buying time because now i gotta come up with something because i'm a dumbass while zach is thinking of it i wanted (laughs) to uh briefly say that zach has been telling me that more and more people are listening to this podcast on anchor and it's so cool to see that our viewer base uh, outside of youtube has been growing so much so to all you non-YouTube people who listen to this podcast, either on your way to work, through iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or whatever, uh, you guys are the best. I know we don't often talk about you as much as the YouTube comments and stuff like that, um, but you are very much appreciated. And thank you all for watching. We've grown so much over the past couple of days, uh, probably because we've been more consistent. So thank you all so very much, honestly. Who would have known? Agreed, yeah. 100%. Thank you, thanks, guys. Um, we've gotten a lot of people on the iOS and Spotify train, and then we've got, we've still got other people on different Google podcasts, anchor. Um, and then a lot of the, the little random places, um, like breaker and Castbox and overcast and pocket casts and radio public didn't even know these places existed, but Me neither. you guys are listening <laughs> to us there and we appreciate you. So I'm wondering, in terms of collaborations, um, how often do you watch collabs? Because, you know, we, we, we talked about them the entire episode, and they still happen every once in a while, but I don't think I see them that often um, anymore. Right. So I'm wondering to the audience, two questions. Number one, would you watch Facebook live streams if there's somebody there that you actually want to watch? And number two... Do you still watch collabs on YouTube? And if so, how often? Love to hear answers to both of those. We very yeah. appreciate it. And that's my that's my questions. But that'll do it for today's episode. Um, that's it. Remember again, be sh- be sure to leave a topic for us to talk about next time. <laughs> save us, save us some time. It's third question. Something. What the hell you want us to talk about? I'd love to hear it. In the meantime, don't forget to drop in Tilted Towers. I've been Zach. I've been Aiden. And we want to thank you for listening to this episode of another Fortnite podcast. Bye. Bye.